This morning, my assignment is in twofold. I remember I was driving somewhere and then the Lord quickened in my heart that as you are talking about salvation, which has to do with pulling souls from the camp of Satan, pulling souls from the grip of Satan, pulling souls out of the dungeons of hell, mind you, there is a phenomenon in scripture called binding the strong man. Hallelujah. And automatically, I knew God wanted me to talk about bind the strong man. So this morning, that's my subject. But the second fold of this message has to do with the fact that I know that many of us here may not be people who are in the dungeons of Satan. But many of us may be in the place where scripture calls an infant. He says the heir in the book of Galatians, as long as he is an infant, is not different from a slave. The King James says it's not different from a servant. Though he is master of all, though he is lord of all. In other words, for those who haven't matured yet, who haven't grown yet, that is why God gave us messages like grow up. You can suffer the same influence that the one that is not in Christ suffer. But I believe that as we look at binding the strong man, we can use the same phenomenon. If you are here and you are under any influence of satanic, you know, whatever of a sort, you shall be free today in the name of Jesus Christ. Can you turn your Bibles with me to Mark chapter 3? Mark 3. Let me look at verse 27. You can take your time and read the whole of Mark chapter 3. You will understand why Jesus made this statement in verse 27. You put it in context. Mark 3, 27. No one, Jesus is speaking here, can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first, someone say he first and the word first is very significant unless he first binds the strong man and then he will plunder his house say amen now when you read the Matthew account of this same verse that is Matthew chapter 12 it is found in verse 29 in Matthew Matthew put it in the form of a question you can write it down and later on look at it Matthew 12 29 but Matthew gives us the picture actually what happened that made Jesus you know make this statement in Mark 3 27 and then Matthew 12 29 what was it about they brought Matthew says they brought unto Jesus, somebody who was blind and mute. What could be worse than not seeing and not being able to talk? Can anybody tell me, maybe the only thing that can be worse than that is when you have found yourself in hell. That's, that's the ultimate domination. But I'm talking about life in this world. What could be more demoralizing, devastating? Some of us are here and we have not appreciated the goodness of the Lord. But there are people who cannot see, who cannot talk. So how does such a person tell that I am hungry? Because in the first place, you are not seeing anybody to even give a sign. Assuming there are people here, even presently, who 
cannot talk. We appreciate that God is working on them. You know, it may be gradual, but there's a miracle that is taking place. But when you now add not seeing to not talking, I think it's, it's far too fast. Isn't it not so? So they brought this person to Jesus and Jesus Christ in his usual style of ministration and people, Jesus is no longer in the earth, but he told us to take his place and do what he would have done if he were around. He said, occupy till I come. So he expects us that when we meet the dumb and the blind, we do the same works. Hallelujah. Bible says that he cast out, in other words, there was a spirit, there was a demon behind the inability to see and talk. He cast out that spirit such that the man both saw and spoke. Then all of a sudden, the Pharisees gathered and said, ah, this man, he is casting out devils by the prince of the devils, Beelzebub. Jesus heard it. Time will not permit us to read all that Jesus said, but one of the statements he made was what we read in Mark 3, 27. That, let me read it again. No one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man and then he will plunder his house. What Jesus showed from this verse was that the one who could not talk, who could not see, was in bondage to a personality Jesus calls a strong man. The strong man here refers to satanic influence. It refers to Satan himself and his demons and his angels. Please, are you there? Jesus is saying that I couldn't have just said eyes open, mouth start talking without dealing with the fundamental problem that caused the blindness and the muteness in the first place. So I needed to cast out or bind the hold that Satan had over the person so that I can command his eyes to open and his mouth to talk. And that principle is the same principle we use in reaching out to the lost. Hallelujah. Can I say that again? That principle is the same that is supposed to be used by God's people in reaching out to the lost. Why do I say so? Number one, take note. Jesus didn't say no one enters a strong, the strongest man's house. He said the strong man. Everyone say strong man. I hope you know that in English language, we have strong, stronger, strongest. So when we say strong, the stronger is greater than the strong and the strongest is the overall. So here, Jesus is giving us a picture. He is not saying that when you are dealing with satanic forces, you are dealing with something you cannot contest or contend with. The mere fact that he used the phrase strong man does not apply to you. It applies to the one who is held captive by the strong man. Please, are you there? The strong man here refers to the one who is in bondage to that strong man. And he is held captive in the strong man's house. 
and you want to enter the strong man's house, the strong man is at his gates. How do you enter and pull out this captive from his house? Except you first, some say first, bind the strong man, cast him out, then you cannot enter and plunder his house. And the plundering here is not taking, you know, gari and sugar. After all, that is not what we are looking for. But what? Taking souls that have been held captive by that strong man. The reason why the strong man does not refer to you and me is that in 1 John chapter 4 verse 4, he told us that you are of God, little children, and have overcome them. And he gave us the reason because greater, someone say greater, is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The strong man is in the world. He has influence over those who are in the world. But the one who is on the inside of us is greater. And therefore, he makes us stronger than the strong man. Say, I am stronger than the strong man. So we have authority over the strong man. I am not preaching this to put fear in anybody so that in case you have to go and do evangelism, sometimes you have people having this kind of impression that hey, as you go out there, if you don't take care you will contact some evil spirit. Who said so? Not when you are filled with the Holy Spirit who is greater on the inside. Are you there? Didn't he tell us that in my name you shall cast out devils? You shall trample upon serpents and upon scorpions and over all, how many? All the power of the enemy. Then he said, and nothing, oh, I like it. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. In other words, they can cook it. They can fry it. They can, they can do anything with it. It will not hurt you because the greater one lives on the inside of you and that greater one makes you stronger than the strong man. I'm stronger than the strong man. I think we can make a song out of this statement. eh? Stronger than the strong man. Stronger than the strong man. Have this confidence, child of God, when you you get out of the world. You you, you, said the lion has woken up. You understand? Why? Because the lion of the tribe of Judah lives on the inside of you. The other one in the world, Bible says he roars like a lion. He is not a lion, but he's roaring like a lion, seeking whom he may devour. So he tells us, fear not. Don't fear their fear. He may intimidate those under his captivity, under his bondage, but not us. Some say, not me. Not us. Because we are different. Yes, we are in the same world, but we are different. We carry something on the inside that gives us the upper hand over the strong man. And he's given us a principle that for you to rescue a soul from the grips of Satan, first, bind the strong man. And I'm glad that we are dealing with a ministry that is called international prayer. Some say international prayer. Then we even added resort ministries. In other words, we Going out now, I believe from the second year, this month onwards to next year, September, many of our activities will be centered on evangelism. But God is giving us a picture here that before you go out first, do what? Bind the strong man. So, as part of our evangelistic outreaches, we'll be dealing with forces that blind the minds of people. I'll show you a scripture. Let me just show it to you. I've quoted that scripture a couple of times in this house, but let's 2 Corinthians 4. 
Second Corinthians chapter 4. I'm reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. Verses 3 through 6. Second Corinthians 4, 3 through 6. Paul says, but even if our gospel is veiled, the King James says, if our gospel is hid, in other words, if it's hidden, if it cannot be seen, if it cannot be understood, if our gospel is seen as something that cannot be fathomed, if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The King James says, to those who are lost. Did you hear that? Look, as we sit here, some people are lost and yet they don't know they are lost. Not that they will be lost. They are lost. If gospel is hidden, if our gospel is hidden, if it is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, who are lost, whose minds, please take note, whose minds, the God, and it is small genes, all right? Whose minds the God of this age, of this world, the King James says so. That's this age. The Greek word is eon. That means age. Whose minds the God of this age has blinded who do not believe lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God shall shine on them. Let's stop there. If our gospel, oh, can you imagine preaching to somebody and, and then he looks at you and says that what you're saying sounds like a charcoal in my mouth. I feel like spitting it out. I can't take this one. This is nonsense. You are telling me somebody died for me and shed his blood. Are you not a murderer to even shed somebody's blood? And you are saying that that person saved me. How does that one even save me? It's nonsense. Have you had an encounter before? If our gospel is veiled to such a person, it is not because the gospel you are preaching is not true. It is because the God of this age, talking about Satan, he is the God. A God means someone who is in charge. And in life, you are either in charge or in chains. Period. Are you there? The God of this age. In other words, this age is in the charge, in the care of Satan. I can confirm it in 1 John 5.19. 1 John 5.19 says a similar thing. He says that the whole world lies in wickedness. That's the King James. But I like the new King James. He says that the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. I even checked the meaning of the word sway and I saw that it means controlling influence. The whole world is under the controlling influence of Satan. Please, are you, are you there? Don't be surprised when they hate you as a light of the world. Because this world does not accommodate light. It is full of darkness. They, they love their own. They support their own. They sponsor their own. If there is anything that will promote darkness, they will sponsor it. They will project it. They will even, you know, uh, project it. These days, social media, before I realize, 16K view, 16M view. But when it is the gospel... 102 views. 13 views. Who cares about the gospel? We are not in heaven yet. We are living in what Galatians 1.4 calls present evil world. 
The whole world, this age is under the sway, under the controlling influence of the wicked one. He is called the God of this age. That is why it's amazing when some people say that God, it is true that he created the heavens and the earth. But I'm telling you, as far as this dispensation is concerned, he is not in charge of this world. Are you there? Some people say that, oh, if God were, I mean, is that exists, why is it that there's so much calamities? Why is it that he is not the one in charge? In fact, he left us here and told us to be in charge as light overcoming darkness. But if we fail to do it, Satan will dominate. When light appears, darkness is dispelled. But if light refuses to shine, definitely darkness will take over. He said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father who is in heaven. But if we don't, then darkness will, will, will take over. But a day will come, glory be to God, when darkness will be completely banished from the surface of the earth. That is what we are all awaiting. Hallelujah. Bible says, God your God shall bruise Satan shortly under your feet. He's already under our feet, but God is going to bruise him shortly one of these days. But until then, don't forget that those who are out there, who are in the world, including some believers who haven't matured yet, are under the controlling influence of Satan. Satan can, I was just demonstrating it the other time, Satan can just, you know, he, he puts them in his hands and then cuddles them as he wants. He wants, he, he swears you this way and you go that way. He swears you that way and you go that way. And if he chooses to eliminate you from the surface of the earth, he just pierces you with something. Before he realize, the person just said, oh, I'm just offering something. Before he realize, he's gone. The whole world is under the sway, controlling influence of Satan. The God of this age. If our gospel is hidden, people of God, if it is veiled, it is veiled to those who are lost, who are perishing. Those who are lost, they can't see it. So, Jesus is giving us a principle in Mark 3, 27, that if you want to pull such a soul who has been blinded, whose mind has been blinded, and mind you, we see with our mind, not with our optical eyes. Our optical eyes are only a window to the mind. But we see with our mind. That is why we are fantastic blind people who can still draw, though they are blind. Who can still compose music, though they are blind. Who can do wonderful works in this world, though they are blind. So, the real object of sight is the mind. So, when Satan blinds your mind, you are blind indeed. Can I say that again? When Satan blinds somebody's mind, that person is blind indeed. It's not physical blindness as an issue. When your mind is blinded, there is nothing that they say that you can get. Haven't you seen that even when you're talking to a blind person and he gets the understanding, all he keeps doing is nodding his head, I see, I see. What is he seeing with? With his mind. He may not see with his physical eyes, but he's seeing with his mind. What you are saying is communicating understanding. I have defined understanding in this house before that understanding is that force that converts words into pictures thereby dissolving doubt. When words become pictures in your mind you get it and doubt just gets away. But when words are spoken and the person can't get it he can't get it. So when you're saying somebody died he said ah you were a murderer. Even you the one preaching he sees you as a murderer. But when the blindness is removed first, is first removed, 
when you're communicating, the Holy Spirit begins to convict. He pushes the words into his heart and it won't be burning his heart. You may be talking normal talk, but the Holy Ghost will use your words to pull the person out of the dungeons of hell and rescue a soul. Tell you about rescue the perishing. Care for the dying. Jesus is merciful and Jesus will save. How many know that song? Yeah. Rescue the perishing. Care for the dying. They are lost. People of God, they are lost. Yesterday, when we came back from the evangelism, some of our brethren shared their testimonies. You'll be amazed. You'll be amazed. People are out there and they just don't know how to even associate with us. They see us as people who cannot be associated with, but they don't know that if we reach out to them, we can also bring them in. They are lost. And don't wait till it is too late for somebody to be saved. Before you now want to reach out to the person, the hour is now. Hallelujah. But God is teaching us, people, that moving from second year into the third year, one of the things he would want us to be doing is to first bind the strong man. And I'm charging the prayer ministry that whenever we are praying, now that we are moving out, let's do this one so that it will make the work easier on the field. Hallelujah. When you talk, the Holy Ghost will use your words and just, you know, convict somebody and bring him to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. If our gospel is hid, if it is veiled, if it is hidden, it is hidden to them that are lost. Whom, whose mind the God of this age has blinded. But I believe with all my heart that we're going to pray some blindness will be removed not only from those who are lost but from anyone who is under one captivity or the other as far as satanic control is concerned this morning hallelujah in first john 3 8 the bible says that for this cause the son of let me quote it rightly the son of man or the son of god let me see what john said in first john 3 8 1 John 3.8 He says He who sins is of the devil. That's a strong one. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose the son of God I like that. Was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Hallelujah. When we are mature we will not need to pray for the, you know, when we come, we will only sharpen one another through prayer and we'll go out there and destroy the works of the devil by removing blindness, by removing dumbness, by removing deafness, by casting out any devil that is behind any disease of assault. Cripples walking, the dead raised back to life. Jesus said we should do it. When we mature, when we understand the operation of the Spirit of God in our lives, we will do these works out there. But because we are all not at the same level of faith, sometimes, like today, we're going to do, when we come to church, there will be the need for some people to receive ministration of, I mean, ministration from God to destroy any works of the devil in their lives. Hallelujah. I don't know. I know I'm talking to believers who have been prepared to go out there and win the loss but before we even 
step out there especially in the third year as we journey towards the third year and do more of that let's start from home hallelujah if there is anybody who is under any satanic influence of a sort i was going to preach the gospel as part of this message but in my spirit i don't sense it so i've just left it i've preached it over and over hallelujah I was just searching my spirit. Why God? And I said, okay, you just address the people and handle anybody who is under any satanic influence of a soul, first and foremost. And when you finish, then you can prepare your people and go out there because you will first bind a strong man so you can release captives from the grips of hell. So if there's anybody who is under any satanic influence of a soul, it could be in your spiritual life. It could be in your marriage. It could be in your ministry. Maybe you are into ministry. It could be in your business, your career, your finances, your health. Any area of your life that you can identify that this is not normal. Because you want to do right, but you find yourself, everything just going in the opposite direction. That is satanic sway. Satan is, for instance, this woman, okay, you are an example, you are here for the first time, right? But yesterday she was here. She was a woman um, I think Sister Mabel spoke about that uh, they met her outside there and she was looking for IPR. But we spoke briefly because she had to go and attend to she had to go and attend to an assignment, you know, at home. So she couldn't wait till we close. Come, please. 